It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hey, it's Saturday Friends Club. We ha- we have fun together. That's our job. <laughs> every every time this this intro gets less and less like <laughs> less, you're selling it less. And then it's like. Welcome to the uh, no, whatever day it is. I'm coming. Here's a couple people I met on the at the bus stop. We're here to talk about some stupid movie. Uh, Listen, I came at this with more energy than that. <laughs> no, there, there, there was one time where you're like, "Come on, give us a little bit more," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to keep these high energy." Just Maybe scream, the, just scream the movie title like the doll. <laughs> All right, Master Grander, done. All right, you fine? You good with that? Already? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you did that just like a battle order. Yeah. All right. Uh, hi, this is the Saturday Friends Club. We watch stuff, and you can enjoy that. Uh, I am Josh. I'm Merrick. I am Martin. I am Kyle. And it's Sunday. 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 Join us at the convention center for more fun. <laughs> uh, yes. Watch a British man of war engage its French equivalent on the high seas. Seas, mm. seas. See the Galapagos Island and all of its many wonders. Wonder. Watch a nerd get owned, owned, owned. Watch a small child lose his arm. Amputation. <laughs> For 50 people, get a free piece of hardtack. For 50 people are conscripted into the Royal Navy. Navy, Navy. (laughs) Press game. Coming. This is my fault, isn't it? Get to see Bigfoot. It's just still there. It's just for some reason. So, yeah, Master and Commander. Yeah, hey, uh, yeah. It's the third episode. Uh, this is us doing the second of our Eating Crow series. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Master and Commander, and that's Martin's fault. Yes, indeed it is. Um, uh, why do you like Ma- Master and Commander, the far side of the world, 2003's movie of Russell Crowe? It's a very specific introduction to that. But uh, yes, I I actually watched this movie with my dad, and it was one of those like really pleasant memories that i have this is a dad movie it's a dad movie. this is also like my dad's favorite movie yeah so you kind of just like get there and you're watching it and it's just like so so intense and you're 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 there geeking out with your dad about the ships and about the weapons and about you know the the whole tactical part of it so fun and fascinating and yeah it's just really really like feels good movie for me my dad is an actual sailor so this is his favorite movie because they're using all the jargon yeah there's lots of lots of boat Boat action, boat oh, footage. Yeah. There's Some hot boat on boat action. Oh, it is. Lots boat, of boat. Yeah. Oh, very boaty. Boats are popping in this movie. Oh, yeah. So if you're a history buff, this, like, there is, like, it's a love letter to, uh, yeah, this to is folks a, of, like, 18th uh, century naval warfare. This is also like Gladiator in that it's, like, a historical fiction. It is, yeah. It's not based on any one thing in particular. It's kind of an amalgamation of different characters and stories. Right. Um, it is much more historically accurate than yes. Gladiator. It's, yeah. Part of a, a 20 novel Aubrey Martin series, uh, largely set during the Napoleonic Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is like, I think it takes place in like 1805. Uh, yes. They did it specifically. So they specifically did 1805. Uh, because they did not want to do uh, yes, the, the, tw- the 1812. The, right. They were a little concerned about the, you know, possibility of Americans they, being they'd rather, bad guys. Yeah, they'd rather, like, apparently piss off the French than the <laughs> best. Like, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. That would actually be an interesting movie to watch if the bad, if the enemy ship was, like, an American ship. Yeah. But, <laughs> but here's, a, here's the thing that kind of is funny to me, though, and in a very... Um, uh, a politically relevant way is that it's an American built ship that right. the French use to terrorize British merchant vessels. They had it coming. 
So again, <laughs> America supplying weapons to a Woo! foreign nation. USA. 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 Yep. <laughs> Y'all are weird. Uh, ironically, that it was the like partially one reason that the like one of the many like reasons behind the revolution was that they spent so much goddamn money helping us to spite the British. Right. So then Napoleon came along. So it's. It, it's an interesting series of events leading up to this. Yeah, indeed it is. But in terms of like the context of you know pri- uh, a privateering, this yeah. movie is perfectly set in that. Yeah, this is a good a good time for it, and it is. It does also get like Napoleon is like the uh, Emperor Palpatine of the like bad guys. Pretty much. All right, uh, let's see. So Eric, it sounds like you had seen this one before. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a this is another movie that this is one that if Martin hadn't picked this earlier, I was going to do this at some point. So. <clears throat> And this hands your reason to go double crow when you heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that this uh, this side of the room are going to be the people that have never seen Master and Commander, as I understand it. That is correct. So, yeah, uh, we I had certainly heard about it. Yeah. Uh, but definitely was something where it was just like, uh, you know, I don't know, a high seas boat movie, like, especially set back then. I was like, well, I'll catch it at some point. Uh, funny enough, um, I, I don't know if anybody else has anybody else been on like a boat that is like akin to this period yes. of era. Yep, mm-hmm. not um, in the water, but yes. Yeah. I, I I took a tour on a on a tall ship, then they they did like a, a sail around the uh, the bay that we were at, and uh, that was a funny story because I actually got to like it's one of those things where it's like oh you know like the the guests on the little tour you can help like you can help pull the ropes and their stuff, and I was doing that, and they immediately realized that I'd been sailing before. And they're like, "Oh no, this guy actually knows his shit." No. Well, it was it was just like, "Have you done this before?" Like, "Yeah, we have, our family is a sailboat, so I know how to I, I know how to pull lines and hang up ropes and cleat stuff off." And it and that was also a funny one because like I'm uh, I'm naturally warm blooded, so I don't really wear coats very often. It has to be really cold for me to wear a coat. So I was out there and like I usually wear would wear like jeans and a t shirt when I'm sailing. And it was cold. All the other all the other landlubbers are all like, "Oh, it's cold because we're like above a small amount of water." And they, 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 like, the crew kept asking, like, are you going to be okay? Like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, and eventually I was ordered by the captain to take his coat and wear it. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not making this up. Like, I'm not making this up. I was, the first mate came to me and was like, you've been ordered by the captain to take his coat because you're freaking out his junk. <laughs> and so I was forced to wear, like, an oversized, like, pea coat, like, pirate coat for the remainder of the voyage. <laughs> So this is to goes to show just how impressive Eric as a person is. If you want to spin like that, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say this movie is like for me. If we're gonna talk about like a food pyramid of movies, like this hits like pretty much every every quadrant for me. This is like you got your Same. naval naval warfare. There's like you know there's there's black powder. There's like sailing. There's big there's boats and like. Nautical warfare. This hits all the major food groups. Just right? lacking yeah. Germans, which really would yeah, just surround yeah, it all. That's, I'll, I'll, that's take, the only thing. I'll take the French any day of the week as well. There's the, the French. Have, they have pikes. There's guys like firing muskets. There's uh, there's big. I like I like the idea of nautical and stuff and sailing more than actually doing it. So it was nice to be able to observe uh, like just a bunch of bros like burrowing out on their boat. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah, there was a like. Mm, Delicious. Agreed. <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's see. Uh, we can go ahead and get into it. How about we go ahead and cast off in the high seas? Uh, how about we? Uh, oh shit! I've got to come up with how about more we nautical. Get, how about terms. we get like we get uh, literally kidnapped by our own government to be forced to become sailors because they're so desperate for it? Mm-hmm. And rather than actually, rather than just paying people like, a modicum of money or anything, well, they'll just enslave their own people. It's cool stuff. All right, uh, Master and Commander, I'll do that segue. Western Commander, The Far Side of the World is a 2003 American epic period war drama film co-written, produced, and directed by Peter Weir, set in Napoleonic Wars. The film's plot and characters are adapted from three novels in Arthur Patrick O'Brien Aubrey's Martrin series. Just a couple spaces there. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, Matron, uh, uh, which includes 20 completed novels of Jack Aubrey's naval career. Uh, the film stars Russell Crowe as Jack Aubrey, captain in the Royal Navy, and Paul B- Bettany. Bettany as Dr. Stephen M- oh God. Uh, the ship surgeon. The film would cost $150 million to make and was co-production of 20th Century Fox, Miramax Films, Universal Pictures, and Samuel Goodwin Films and released on November 14, 2003. The film grossed $212 million worldwide and is critically well-received. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nominated, nominated for 10 Oscars. Including Best Picture. It actually ended up winning in Best Cinematography and Best Sound Editing. Um, yeah. Ended up losing to other categories to Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, which, I mean... <laughs> we talked <laughs> about this. This movie came out the same year as Return of the King and what else? Pirates of the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, so, Pirates like, of- there's a lot of... I mean, it's got another boat movie, that, which is... Like, I, I get why Pirates of the Caribbean is a far more, like, palatable, like, movie for general audiences. Right. This, this movie, This movie is... This is, like, hardcore boat movie. Right, but... Still, you were dealing with some heavyweights in that year. Yeah, so then this is like when uh, No Country for Old Men and Their Only Blood came out in the same year. Yeah. And it's like, who do you give best picture to? Exactly. <laughs> it's a hard choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this movie, it's, it's amazing. Give, yeah, give me more boat movies like this. I know, right? Um, boat nerds. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's cool because they actually use the replica of the HMS Surprise. Um, for um, uh, you know, uh, uh, for the cinematography in the film, so all of the destruction, all of the uh, the effects that you see, all of that's actually happening on the ship. Yeah, fair amount of practical effects used in this. Yeah, which is really freaking cool. Um, but yeah, so I can go through a plot summary. Oh, please, good. Do last episode, I'm completely burned out of not being able to say shit right for you people. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and actually enjoy myself this time. Right, right. Will you, though? <laughs> Still crying on the inside. Oh, goodness. So, during the Napoleonic Wars, Captain Jack Aubrey of the HMS Surprise is ordered to fight the French privateer Encheron. 
Encheron ambushes Surprise, causing heavy damage while remaining undamaged by the British guns. I think it's Acheron. Acheron? Oh, oh, hey, you can't say shit either, huh? Um, <laughs> wow. Freaking they don't actually, I don't think they say it that much in the movie. Acheron? I, yeah, well, they say it sometimes. They say it when it comes up. Yeah, honestly, a couple and times. That's about the only time they bring it up. Yeah. yeah. And also just a quick little note about the HMS Surprise. It was actually formerly a French Corvette called the Unité uh, that ended up being captured uh, by the... Um, uh, by the Royal Navy, and then rebranded into the HMS Surprise. Um, and so, started out French, went to the British. Go figure, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the ship's uh, the ship's boats tow Surprise into a fog bank to evade pursuit. Aubrey's officers tell him that Surprise is no match for uh, uh, Acheron, and they should abandon the chase. Aubrey points out that the Acheron must not be allowed to plunder the British whaling fleet. He orders a surprise refitted at sea rather than report returning the port for repairs. Shortly afterwards, Acheron again ambushes Surprise, but Aubrey slips away in the night by using a decoy raft and the ship's lamps. We need, we need that whale oil, boys, or the Empire will fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Following the privateer south, Surprise rounds Cape Horn and heads to the Galapagos Islands, where Aubrey is convinced that Acheron will prey on Britain's whaling fleet. The ship's doctor, Maturin, is interested in, in the island's unique flora and fauna. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me, I'm a British uh, I, nerd man. Oh, and he's, I lo- he's like one of my favorite characters in the movie. He is. He's great. It's, it is funny that like, the, uh, in like a, there's a nerd counterpoint to Russell Crowe as the captain. Right. I'm he's the big beefy captain man. He's totally, but he's totally like a Star Trek character where he's like the second officer or something. Yeah. He's, he's always yeah. like, ah, you know, always keeping the captain in check. Right. And, and that's, they, they have this kind of <clears throat> grudging like respect and the relationship that builds. Uh, right. Yeah. And then it's really good to kind of see the tip back and forth, especially as they're getting further and further along in the journey. He's trying to convince, you know, the captain that, like, no, this is a, you're, you're taking your men to disaster and it's becoming a personal vanity con- uh, right. conquest for you, where you're, you're trying to do this because you feel this obligation to, uh, to, to duty to country to be able to do this for your own personal glory instead of actually serving the ends of your, of your crew. So, so of important things like whale oil. Exactly. The whale oil. Well, it was key to domination of the sea. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. So following the Privateer South... Oh, wait, no. Um, do, do, do. Ah, here we go. So when Surprise reaches uh, the Galapagos, however, they recover the survivors of a whaling ship destroyed by the Acheron. Aubrey hastily pursues a Privateer, dashing uh, Madarin's expectation of more time to explore. Surprise is beclammed for... Or, becalmed. Becalmed. Uh, <laughs> it is beset by... They are beset by clams. <laughs> Quick, get a stew pot. <laughs> oh, God, they're all so clammy. Oh, no. <laughs> if only we had some lemons and everyone, some white sauce. and <laughs> some butter. Everyone looks very clammy in this movie. They do. Yeah. Well, because well, they're, all, they're all fucking Englishmen, so they're already, like, translucent. Right. Combine that with that nice, like, sea air and, like, stale sweat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and you have, like, that one day that they have, like, or that week where they have no wind. So yeah, they're just so they're like, just we're at fucking scene. baking here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I could not imagine being out at sea in that kind of condition. <laughs> well, all the scenes of, like, this rounding Cape Horn and being on the ship in those swells, just like, yeah, I've, I've been in, like, I've been in, like, somewhat rough conditions, and it's, like, 
Oh God! <laughs> Interesting yeah. enough, those swells—they actually—I think it was the uh, the model that the ship that they were using for the HMS Surprise uh, actually was rounding the horn during that time. Just right. was just going to. Mm-hmm. So the footage of it, like cresting those waves and everything, was the actual like film of it going through that area. Whoa! Yeah. That that's some mad respect, not only to you know the uh, the film film crew, but also the actors being being there. Jeez, yeah. Talk about earning your paycheck and then some, right? But yeah, we were talking about them being they were beset by clams. Yeah, yeah they were <laughs> after being beset by clams for several days. Mm. The crew becomes <laughs> restless and disorderly. <laughs> Midship Hollem, already unpopular with the crew, is named a Jonah by the sailors, someone who brings bad luck to the ship. As the tension rises, crew member Nagle refuses to salute Hollem on the deck and is flogged for insubordination. And it's actually one of those uh, one one of the, the points of tension in the film is kind of the fraternization between officers and uh, crew members, which is very accurate to the times. I you know British military discipline was very much yeah. separating you know the uh, different tiers of, uh, uh, of military service members. So kudos to the film on that. Um, that night, Hollem commits suicide by jumping overboard with a cannonball. The next morning, Aubrey holds a service for Hollem. The wind picks up again, and Surprise resumes the chase. Therefore, oh. showing that he was a curse. Yes, he was cursed. <laughs> he, was, he, was or, the, he was the wormy guy of this movie. He was, but you know, him committing suicide allowed them to um, resume the chase. Let's not look at it that way. <laughs> Oh, isn't it great that this guy offed himself? Maybe we all listen to the crazy guy who with like a hole in his head. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just found myself a new set of teeth on the floor. Oh, I had me, I had me brains put back in by the doctor I did. <laughs> oh, feeling good now. Um, next, uh, the next day. Oh, wait a minute. I think I lost my place. Oh, uh, no, no. Here the we next go. Yeah, day, yeah, the next good. day. Yeah, yeah. The next day, Mar- Marine officer Captain Howard attempts to shoot an albatross, but accidentally hits Mondarin instead. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah, that was like... I'm just going to shoot this coming. fucking thing for fun. <laughs> yeah, just like... Whoop. Also, like, if you got, like, you've not read... Yeah, like, it's like don't, don't shoot the albatross. That's really bad luck. Yeah, and... Shooting the ship's doctor, wouldn't that have been befit of a punishment? You're killing basically one of the most important crew members on the ship. Yeah. <sighs> the surgeon's mate informs Aubrey that the bullet and a piece of cloth that took with it must be removed soon. Otherwise, they will fester. He also recommends the delicate operation be performed on land. Despite closing on Acheron, Aubrey takes the doctor back to the Galapagos. Uh, Madarin performs surgery on himself using a mirror total badass yeah uh finally giving up the pursuit of the privateer aubrey grants uh, Matarin the chance to explore the galapagos islands and gather specimens before they head home he wasn't able to ever find that flightless bird though nope it was a phantom yeah total phantom ghost bird yeah but the whole time i was kind of thinking because this happens before charles darwin's expedition to the yeah galapagos. He, he's supposed to be kind of like a darwin yeah yeah character exactly and they even like make a little bit of like an allusion to evolution uh yeah he like alludes to it like i've been wor- i've been working on a little thing in my in, in my spare time in my basement called the theory of evolution <laughs> might have to uh talk more about it, the naturalist society yeah um right so finally uh Ah, here we go. While looking for a spe- uh, species of flightless cormorant, the doctor discovers Acheron on the other side of the island. Uh, abandons most of his specimens and hurries to warn Aubrey. Surprise readies for, readies for battle once more. Due to Acheron's stronger hull, Surprise must, make a close, uh, must, must be at close quarters to damage her. 
after observing the camouflage ability of one of Maturin's specimens, Aubrey disguises surprise as a whaling ship. He hopes the French will be lured in to capture the valuable ship rather than destroy it. The Acheron falls for the dis- uh, disguise and surprise launches her attack. Which that was a really cool scene. Yeah. When, yeah. when they first, when they when they pull in and then they compl- they fly the colors and then the battle. Oh. We should see that. We should see that, like their plan is they get they pretend to be whalers and they yep. get captured as soon as the French ship pulls up. They have all of their guns hidden and ready, and they're aimed at the main mast. So yeah. If they, they, they can shoot the mast off the French ship. The French ship can't escape. Exactly. And and it was was that a like, I don't know what the like honor of ship combat was, but you know that's a very pirate thing to do. Was no, that? It's, it's what you do. It's yeah. what you did. You, okay. You, you try to disable the ship. They're like blowing guys off the decks with cannons. At yeah. Point blank I range. know. And they also have like the marines up in the mast. Yeah. Like, like but but I'm blocks. but I'm saying more the like, hey, we're gonna pretend to be whalers, oh. and the moment <laughs> that they put that they actually pull up, we're just gonna fucking run our standard up and be like, fuck y'all. Well, that, I mean, I think this this is like this is like a. By the standards of the days, this, this is a crazy plan. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not, there's nothing inherently. No, I mean, there's two, there are two countries at war with each other. So, and anything goes. And on top yeah, of that, out, they're outmatched. Yeah, there's a corvette versus a frigate. You so, know, that's it's, they're yeah, going to destroy but, them. They have yeah, but to. But this do. ship has Russell Crowe on it. <laughs> exactly. That makes it a special ship. Just get in there. Just be like my wife and my da- my f- son. <laughs> like, you know, wrong movie, yeah. Russell. Big <laughs> <laughs> grave. Like there was some equally big, big-headed French guy as the French captain. He was like, like, like Jean Reno or no, someone. You just yeah. look in the other side. It's Joaquin Phoenix, just going fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Frenchman now. <laughs> oh gosh, I have uh, I have two powdered wigs on right now. <laughs> <laughs> With the back wheels of the cannons uh, taken off, the cannons are able to be uh, are able to fire upon Acheron's main mast, while Captain Howard's uh, main sharpshooters picks off crew from the Acheron from above. The Acheron is disabled while the main mast snaps and falls into the sea. Aubrey leads boarding parties engaging in fierce hand-to-hand combat. Um, which you mentioned pikes earlier, and I think the uh, sailors on the French uh, on the Acheron were actually using pikes. Yeah, that's. I mean, that would be common uh, weapon in this kind of situation. I want to talk about how cool. Like this scene is awesome. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is a like if you want to remember how, like how brutal this kind of combat would be. Uh, just guys fighting on decks like in close quarters, and there's like everything is shrouded in gun smoke, and there's guys just firing guns and like swinging axes and swords wildly. It looks pretty crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's chaos. It's total utter chaos. Yeah, and then, like guys, there's a guy firing a swivel gun at your face. Yeah. Oh so, my god, I couldn't imagine being taken out by something like that. Yeah, that like yeah, you get blown in half. But, right. So this this is a cool. This was a really cool action scene. I thought it was really well shot. Yeah. Um, one of the ones, uh, one of the one of my favorite parts is when they were actually it was the um, the the young uh, the young guy the young the little, kid the little uh, like lieutenant yeah. yeah the little lieutenant who had his gun crew that was uh, trying to get their cannon in the position with the uh, the French gun uh, crew trying to yeah that some. was cool that was cool yeah they realized the French guys are trying to man their guns and they yeah. have to quick like turn their cannon to face them and like as the crew is getting ready they look at what the British have their guns like cans aimed right at their faces. Yep, and then just like demolishes the uh, French crew and then uh, they board, they use that as an opportunity to board it and then yeah. he just goes in and just like completely just, with because he was amputated earlier in the film yeah. and just goes in with his uh, pistol and just like clocks the guy. Yeah, that's, yeah, this is a, this whole scene is really cool. Yeah, and well I done. love it. Super, super, super grim. Um, uh, Aubrey leads the boarding parties engaging in fierce hand-to-hand combat. Upon capturing the ship, Aubrey is informed by the ship's doctor that the French captain is dead and is given the captain's sword. 
Acheron and Surprise are repaired while Surprise remains in the Galapagos. The captured Acheron is to be taken to uh, Valparaiso. As Acheron sails away, uh, Maturin mentions that the doctor had died months ago. Realizing the French captain deceived him by pretending to be the ship's doctor, Aubrey gives the order to change course to intercept the Acheron and escort her to uh, Valparaiso. I, I think I may have changed the pronunciation there. I think, uh, I think us white people just call it like Valparaiso. <laughs> Val, yeah, Valparaiso. And for the crew to assume battle stations, Maturin is once again denied the chance to explore the Galapagos, but Aubrey... Oh, shucks. <laughs> I missed oh, out. you did it again. Oh, don't get a heckin' bamboozled. But uh, Aubrey Riley notes that since the bird he seeks is flightless, it's not going anywhere. And the two play Musica Notorna della Strande di Madrid by Luigi uh, Boccarelli, I think that's the pronunciation, as the surprise turns a pursuit of the Acheron once more. Movie. Woo. Uh, there were some plot points that weren't covered in this. For instance, like the two boys. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like I, I'd say overall, what this movie is also about is like it's all about the camaraderie of all the the, the, the men on the ship. And so they get into like the kind of cliques of like the officers yeah. and the crew, and one of them are like all the ship's boys, and like one of them is they're all like and then the captain has his first mate and he promotes him at the end and yeah. Which is actually very accurate for the time to have um, young boys, especially children, even slaves. Yeah, uh, aristocratic families uh, the, the, would have their sons actually serving there as part of like a career uh, step towards becoming officers in the Royal Navy. So, totally real thing. And in terms of uh, um, in terms of like other little uh, historical accuracies too, uh, the HMS Surprise um, had actually gained fame for capturing privateers as well as winning a tightly contested boarding action to reclaim a mutinied. HMS uh, Hermione. Uh, so there's a lot. There's, there was really a lot that went into making this film, uh, at least from like the the effect, the combat, the strategy, and like the life on a naval vessel at that time to make it as um, historically accurate as possible. Well, that was I, I liked it as a film because it was like you get to kind of you get this kind of group of guys and you're kind of mm-hmm. rooting for them and you get to see their their trials, their yeah. losses, and them kind of like becoming a crew and. Yeah, or I guess they're already a crew, but you know them kind of developing over the course of it, right? And the and it's kind of paralleled with like there's the captain and the doctor, their their character relationship changes and grows. So it was it was interesting to yeah. watch. It really they really put a lot of effort into it. And kudos to, P- to Peter Weir for not only like really developing characters that you that you were genuinely interested in seeing the fate for, but having a story that didn't feel like it could go either way. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like that. Like, I think even for a boat movie, I think even non boat people could enjoy this movie. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. Um, and then one thing that's, that was really interesting to me too, was the, um, the relative calm and civil dialogue in a lot of the combat scenes, which, you know, part of that is like the whole discipline, uh, that's you know, all very that, British. Oh, also <laughs> very British, but it, it, it is true. Um, it seems that, that, um, part of the training for a lot of, uh, um, officers and, um, uh, and crewmen in the ships was to even speak in those kinds of uh, in civil and very uh, 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 calm uh, dialogue in order to kind of maintain that professional calm in the most crazy and chaotic of situations. Oh, there there was the like some of the odd parts. Like there was the like at one point the bunch of like Irishmen were singing on the top of the ship, and you could tell one of the British like officers was like, "Yeah," and then the uh, the captain goes by and he's like, "Oh." 
Yeah. So but, that, but that's like an example of the fraternization uh, yeah. again that was like shined upon. But that's it was really good. A lot of like, especially like the the scenes where they were just kind of like eating and. I love the one that like the, the when they're becalmed or beclammed as it is. It's like the, the line of like shirtless guys and like their food is just this like brown slop. It's just like, like, Ooh, yeah, it looks good. Oh, it's so good. But mm. what about the fucking weevil scene? Huh? Thank you. I was wondering when that was going to oh, come out. I love the weevil the, scene. The corny fucking dad joke. <laughs> yeah, the corny <laughs> cap- What's worse than a dad joke is a captain joke. Yeah. It's even and triply worse if your dad is a captain like yeah. mine. Captain dad. Captain yeah. dad. I, have to, I had to sit through captain dad jokes oh man the lesser of two weevils <laughs> I, liked, I liked his uh i liked his like cabin assistant who's always grumbling mm-hmm. he was funny <laughs> <laughs> like he, he was no, so no. character i lost the coffee too uh so some trivia for this one russell crowe actually learned to play the violin sure for this did. movie yeah. uh, he said it was the hardest thing he ever had to do for a film <laughs> The and then they just dumped fine. him over at the end. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Coincidentally, during the film's pre-production, the replica Captain James Cook's ship HMS Endeavor was circumnavigating the globe. The production was able to fly two cameramen to the ship as it was about to sail around the bottom of South America, a route the HMS <laughs> Surprise takes in the film. Thus, the footage of the stormy seas from that part of the voyage are genuine. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This was the first movie to ever film on the Galapagos Islands, although the scene where the crew is chasing marine iguanas is filmed in Baja, California, of with course. a regular <laughs> green iguana tied black. Oh, my what? God. Yep. Okay. Uh, about 20... Oh, the, this is the ship nerd point. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Get ready. About 27 miles of rope were used in the, ribbing, in the rigging of the replica rows. Most of the rope had to be made especially as modern-day rope has a right-hand lay, whereas it would have had a left-hand lay in Napoleonic times. Fucking boat nerds! Oh, Just need man. that, like, the... Mm. the, the <laughs> that meme of the like the button that just says nut. <laughs> no, I, I, I've dealt I've dealt with it like just from the sailing I've done. Like I'm 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 happy to let people other people deal with rope. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Paul Bellini uh, was one of the only actors who did not get seasick. Uh, this was because he was a member of the Sea Cadets as a kid. Nice. Uh, the so he's ca- a boat nerd. Yes. Yeah. The cast endured a two-week boat camp, boot camp, uh, where they... That's li- boot, yes. That's boot. <laughs> they uh. fucking dread... dread uh, yeah. Um, uh, where they literally learned the ropes about what to do to board a frigate, including the loading and firing of cannons. They also learned basic sword skills. That's a pretty cool skill to brag about on a resume. It's like, yeah. I know how to load a uh, load a like nineteenth century, century cannon. Like, yeah, I would I would totally put that on my resume. That'd be quite a thing to be like. Okay, so let's see. You've got uh, accounting skills. Uh, you uh, had a boot camp where you knew how to sword fight and run a Napoleonic ship. And let me tell you how this ties to um, uh, to generate. We're not fire. hiring anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's 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 great. Um, and one of the things that I'll also kind of note um, was that the sound design on the film, yeah, 
so good. And part of that has to do is because not only did they, they had microphones on the uh, ship itself, but they also had micro, uh, microphones placed strategically outside uh, uh, in, in different areas outside of the actual confines of the ships themselves to get like the sounds of cannons and musket fire that could be heard from a distance too to really give a feel of the uh, uh, of the of the combat in the um, uh, the combat in the movie, which is really cool. They really like, yeah. They really like over amp the sound design, so it's extra impactful in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I noticed that. I mean, the, watched... Yeah, the immersion in it is just fantastic. And it's just like, yeah, like you're saying, like this is also this is another like this is a dad slash bro movie. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It I is. think if Gladiator is more for bros, this movie is for dads. Yeah, or they're like the dads of bros. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and sailing nerds. And then finally, to move this back around to talk about us, the 50-gun HMS Surprise was at the shelling of Fort McHenry on September 1814. This was the famous bombardment that resulted in Francis Scott Key's writing, The Defense of Fort McHenry, <laughs> later to become the Star-Spangled Star Banner. Banner. Yep. yep, there we go. Make it about us. Yep, yep. because you know, was there. It's all about, all about us. All about us. Yeah, you didn't see that. That was the reason why they didn't decide to make this a franchise. Is like, how do we follow it up? It's like, well, if we attack this damn, oh shit! I don't. I, I, I that seems like a weird concern. Like, I can't imagine someone. Just I, like, I, it wasn't what? really. They that. fight the. They fight America in this movie. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, who, who? Yeah, I think that kind of represents a little bit of a, um, like. A presumption about the immaturity of the movie viewing audience well, in the United States. Uh, maybe you know, I take it back. It is, we are talking about Americans here. Yeah, and it was also. I mean, I get it, but it's like you know, it's not. It's, it's like a thing, but it's like a thing that happened. I, I don't know what yeah, you guys want. Yeah, I think it, part of it was just like that kind of post nine eleven sensitivity was still pretty fresh, and they just didn't want to kind of have that. Yeah, we don't went with fucking like King yeah, George coming in telling us what to do. Exactly. USA. <laughs> USA. 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 All right. Yeah. Can we talk about Russell Crowe's uh just Russell Crowe in general? Yeah. Sure. All right. I think this is Hey Russell. His, I think this is him at his best. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty good Russell Crowe. I've not seen uh, LA Confidential, but that's apparently a very good movie. Oh. I haven't seen that in like years. That's another. That's a. He's in it. He's not like a main character, but he's in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know. I, I I need to watch that one again because that was one that I saw like when I was maybe, oh god, I don't know, maybe a little older than ten. When did that come out? Mm-hmm. I I, don't for, I forget. Yeah. I don't uh, anyways, but, it was it was long enough that I remember it just taking fucking forever to get through, because <laughs> uh, I had zero patience as a child. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. But um, yeah, so it's like I think this is like peak Russell Crowe. This is him like at his mo- uh, you can take him the most seriously in this movie, right? Uh, and and then like I think like then early aughts, I think that's maximum Crowe, and I think uh, since then Crowe's been going downhill a little bit. Yeah. He wrestled his last crow. Yeah, yeah he did. He 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 crowed like he would never. Did he crow, crow again. too soon? He um, well okay well we're gonna talk about we, we have to talk about the musical side of Russell Crowe and how bizarre that is. All <laughs> right, you, you ready for that? Oh boy! Here well, we go. okay. So he isn't he did his own singing in Les Mis. Yep. But it's because he knew he knew he had the fucking chops to do it. Why is that, Josh? It's because of these bangers right here. This hot, hot nautical theme we're dro- rolling. His band eighty. Odd 30, foot, uh, 30, 30 odd feet of grunts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is this music video is on a boat. I'm sorry, what? 
How wet are your panties right now? Because, man, moist. <laughs> My God. <laughs> it's like... It's like sub-Dave Matthews bad. <laughs> I mean, I wonder, when was this one released? Because I half, like, hope it was, like, early 2000. Boy, yeah. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, real, real going for it here. Uh, don't worry, here, here we go. We're getting to the chorus. Let's see how he really opens this up. Raise it. Okay. God, it sounds like country. Unless you're Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll fucking stab your ass. <laughs> yeah. Being God. serenaded by the sweet, sweet sounds of the crow. So we definitely, so like, he has a band. He thinks himself a musician. I mean, as, as said, we it's do. It's okay, we, we're all allowed to be wrong about yeah. things. Yeah. I mean, it's we're not all allowed like, to have our hobbies. Yeah. It's not yeah. like Dog Star's a band or anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, he's always fancied himself a musician. Yeah, it's just it's just funny. Like, he's just one of the. Like, he's just, a, I think, guy who's always been crazy. Um, and I think he just. he Once in a while, he can pull it together and do really good acting. But I think his base state is kind of like a low-level insanity. <laughs> I mean, granted, I think we're all at a low-level insanity. It's just how you apply that sanity. Well, it's combined with like he has a shitload of money, and I think he's just kind of like a narcissist. Yeah. Yeah, it still sounds good to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all right, so one Russell Crowe supporter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I drink with him, hell. I, the, I mean, if, okay. Uh, yeah. The next thing is like, a, a Russell Crowe punched Josh in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he kept uh, trying to make him watch Sonic cartoons. He's yeah. fucking tired of it. <laughs> like, apparently, he had like he had some he had some messy divorce, and he had to sell off a bunch of his movie swag, to, mm. like make it. And like he sold, he had like a chariot from Gladiator that he sold off, and all this other stuff. I wanted, but the guy who ended up buying the chariot, I want to know who it is. I, I would I, I would actually Google uh, who bought Russell Crowe's chariot. I do actually. I, also, I, I know this for another podcast. You can buy Russell Crowe's lime green tuxedo from Virtuosity. It is on the open market for like it's like th- it's like three grand. Wow. Also, there, oh, just three grand. Okay. Also, there was a uh, there. I that this, that Wikipedia article fills me with dread. Well, this is this is the reason. If you actually go and look at Russell Crowe, I was looking at the listings, and down at the bottom is Russell Crowe's jockstrap. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Is it from Gladiator? No. So, <laughs> I don't think he used his, ancient Roman, his, his ancient Roman jockstrap. Yeah. Oh man. no. Uh, this this was specifically Russell Crowe's jockstrap is a leather jockstrap that was part of a costume worn by him in the two thousand. Five film Cinderella Man. In 2018, oh. the jock strap was auctioned off and was bought by comedian John Oliver, who in turn donated it to Alaska's last remaining open blockbuster video. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And then the money was donated to a um it was donated to a charity in New Zealand or Australia. Reappearance. Is this a magic jock strap? Uh, Crow later admitted they was surprised that it turned out to be one of his most popular items of the sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! They didn't, they didn't want my pile of uh, of thirty odd feet of grunts uh, signed <laughs> signed vinyls, no cassette tapes. All right, uh, so let's let's go ahead and start with this side yeah. of the room. I have a good feeling. Uh, what's the what's the thoughts on uh, Master and Commander? Boat, 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 boat. 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 
It's, All a, right. it's a good movie. Wait, uh, wait. I want my high five. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was so weak. <laughs> um, we're, both, we're both on like bar stools, basically. So yeah. to kind of like yeah, yeah. Um, but no, good movie. Uh, didn't I've seen it like not that long ago? Saw it again for this podcast. I'm like yeah, this movie still rules. All right, Kyle, yep. you were the one that I knew d- doubted the, <laughs> the most naysayers. going into this. <laughs> this, this heretic. Uh, yeah. No, honestly, it's. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's definitely not a movie for me. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty much my only stance on it. The, the, like honestly, the. Cinematography was good. Like all the shots were good. Uh, mood was conveyed well with color, as it normally is, especially when it's boat full of a bunch of British people. Gray is the best way to go. Um, dry humor, very British. Yes, Appreciate yes. that. I come from a very British background. Uh, so no, I, I appreciated a lot of things about this movie, but I, I just have to be honest. It's not a movie for me, but I don't think it's a bad movie. Okay. I definitely think if you're if you are the person that's like, ooh, masts of ships, why yes please. If you like, like <laughs> yeah, if you like ships and piratey kind of stuff. And you like I do like piratey kind of stuff. It's though, it's not so, it's not I a mean, camp it's not very like pirate camp is no, the thing. Right. It's not. It's it's naval warfare. No, if yeah. if you if the idea of sitting there and going like Hmm, I wonder what the politics of a British boat would be like. Like, or, yeah, or, or like the realities of it, and not like not like watching uh, Orlando Bloom jump around with the sword. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but he's so good at it. He's such a good boy. He's such a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> Such a cool man. Totally unrelated, but what comes to mind? My favorite thing I think about the entire pirate series is the part where. Uh, uh, Jack Sparrow walks by and says, I've got a jar of dirt, I've got a jar of dirt. So that wasn't scripted. It just happened. It was just Johnny Depp being weird. Their reactions were genuine, and they were just like, just leave it. Leave it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think we mentioned this. Did we mention earlier was in Gladiator where it's like, he says, like, get like, ready yourselves and then unleash hell. And then on this movie, he's like, I've got this line. You should say it. It'll be really good. Okay. What I said it in my other movie. Uh, oh, I did, did great. All right. I'll say Unleash hell. Yeah. Uh, high five, man. I felt pretty good about that one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Actually, it, and that was one thing that I will say that I liked more about this one versus Gladiator, which, by the way, I still love Gladiator, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, Russell Crowe had a personality in this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He has an actual character with kind of an arc. Yeah. 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 There's actually something going on there. And so I'm just like, okay, well, he's he's not just broody, uh, McBrooder. He's, he's not so. just stoic um, uh, John Stoicis Maximus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was my take on it. Basically, it's like it's it's a good film, mm-hmm. um, not my cup of tea, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah, hey, cup of tea. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely worth like probably ch- doing the trailer and going like, hmm, okay, all right, get an idea of the the flavor. Yeah, it's a yes. good movie, but you just have to know if it's your flavor. Yes. Yeah, if, if, I think the big one is like, are you in, are you interested in like history as a in, history and cinema kind of yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, and if you're also a buff of like 18th century war movie or portrayals of 18th century war in the land or sea. There you go. Okay. All but right. Not the air. No, not the air. No, 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 no air. No. No, it'd be, that would be like all of a sudden we've got like the two guys uh, fighting on balloons. The hell of Master Commander 2 hot air balloon action. Yep. It appears that the French have taken to the skies. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot allow this. All right. Uh, that takes care of us for this week. Thank you, Martin, for. 
Master and Commander. You're welcome. Uh, thank you all to all of our listeners out there for helping out. Um, you can, well, however you download this, if you're on iTunes, Android, um, just on a website of unknown origin deciding to listen to this, if there's any means to go ahead and put a rating, please go ahead and put a, a very high rating, possibly the highest rating uh, there possible, to uh, kick us up there and help out the podcast. Uh, if you want to further help out the podcast, you can go over to patreon.com slash satfriendsclub. We have early episodes posted there we have a chat room we take suggestions for future episodes so if you want to hear us talk about a topic that you care about here on this podcast you can go over there and submit there you can find us over online at satfriendsclub.com on twitter at satfriendsclub and uh next week who knows we could, we could do more pirates we could do anything it's completely open it's i promise to bring trash next time yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You did warn some trash. Yeah. All right. Well, that takes care of us for this week for the Saturday Friends Club. We will return the next time again to do more of the Saturday Friends Club. Till then, sleep well, everyone. Good night and good luck. Yeah, it's been a while since you did that, huh? <laughs>